The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 74th birthday today. Happy birthday to Danny Trejo. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Yeah, You've had like a, the last three have just kind of been lame. It's been a couple lame. Danny Trejo. That's pretty good. Would Danny Trejo make this show better? Infinitely. Infinitely. We'll ask our guests here in a minute. Yeah, right. Today is Thursday, May 16th, 2019, 196 days until Thanksgiving, episode 756. 756, Brett Nicholas's OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. First four through the door, Terry Adams, Brent Holman, Rob Hadaway, Misael Romero. What's up, guys? It's always weird when we have a guest in the studio who's probably never seen the show. Because then we go <laughs> through like, this, what these first doing? bits and they're like, yeah. what is this? But if you couldn't tell... We do have a very special in-studio guest for our 756th episode spectacular. We are joined by the head coach of the Rice Owls, Coach Mike Bloomgren joins us. How are you, Coach? I'm doing great, man. Thanks so much for having us in. Get a chance to see around your unbelievable facility. This is really cool. Yeah, you know, um, your, uh, your, your partner in crime, Chuck Poole, kind of emailed me and said, he told he might be interested in having a look around at the, at the Dave Campbell's Texas football. I mean, we, we had you over at the archive, and... I don't want to say kid in a candy store type thing, but it was, you know, there was there, there was some interest in what in what we had over there. Yeah, I think that's the right description. I mean, just a chance to see that history and flip through it. And I, actually, I want to go back out there when we're done. So kid in candy store is probably right. Show's canceled. We're yeah. going to go back out there and just read the 1961 from cover to cover. Um, so welcome, and we appreciate you you coming in. I know you're in town for, uh, you got a couple of events here uh, in, in the DFW Metroplex. Is that right? That's exactly right. We'll get a chance to go out. We call it the Coach's Caravan, a chance to see some of our alumni and some of the great supporters of the Rice Owls. And so it's always fun for me. Uh, I think maybe more so during this time of year because because of the saving rule. You know, you can't go out recruiting during the evaluation period. So I'm kind of sitting in there with, with our staff, and I think they're sick of seeing me. So getting me out on the road is probably pretty good for everybody. Is there ever, now that you've been through a full year, is there ever a less stressful time? Or is it just like different kind of levels of the same amount of stress? Uh, there's definitely less stressful times or, or more stressful times. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be, be easy to point towards. But what I would say to you is everything's better in year two. And mm-hmm. just to be able to say, this is what we did last year. Was it excellent or can we make it better? And just having a baseline, because, again, you prepare your whole life to be a head coach and you know how things were done at this place or that place, but every place is unique. So a chance to have lived those things and to be able to look at my chief of staff, John Simmons, and be like, what did we do last year? And, mm-hmm. and be able to have that template and go from there. Life is better. You, um, you've described the first year as year zero, as just, just starting over. Um, I mean, overall, when you, when you take a look at 20, 2018, 2-11, uh, obviously not the, the, the record that you would want, uh, but, but how would you kind of sum up your year in 2018? 
Yeah. So first off, I can't take credit for year zero. That's that's a Matt Rule thing. And uh, Matt Rule's been an incredible mentor for he me. He does listen to this show, so that's very good. Yeah, he picks up the uh, the phone every time I call, and he's been so helpful for everything from staff to handling player situations. Uh, and that one was one that resonated when he said it to me. It made a lot of sense. So anyway, as we sum up 2018, what I'd say is uh, we had a lot of growth as a football team, as a staff. And I'd say, you know, it was, it was one of – Challenges. It was, it was the hardest year I can remember as a football coach, to be quite honest with you. It's, um, it's a tough deal personally to not have success when you're a competitor and then mm-hmm. to come in and put on a happy face for the staff on Sunday and then to do it for the team on Monday and then do a radio show Monday night and then meet with the press on Tuesday. It seems like uh, that situation, that process would be a lot better when you're winning. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so, again, the things that I point to, I, I think that, you know, we were up by 10 going into the fourth quarter against Houston. Nobody gave us a chance, and then uh, we got to find a way to finish those games. We were only down six in the fourth quarter against Hawaii. We got to find a way to to take that and go. And then we had a rough patch in the middle. That was again, that's really what I'm describing. That was hard. But to see our staff pull these kids together, keep them together, and get them fighting, and then to have 21 true freshmen start to play as we're going down the stretch, and to go into Tiger Stadium at LSU, and to out hit them, and to have their staff say we out hit them means everything to me. Mm-hmm. And that really gave us the confidence going into the uh, last game against ODU, a team that beat Virginia Tech by, I think, three touchdowns and, and gave our kids the confidence to go in there and fight and, and uh, win that game. Yeah, because, you know, you, you look at the 2018 season from my perspective, it's, it's bookends, right? Obviously, you, you start the year with uh, a hard-fought win over a Prairie View A&M team that I think is better than a lot of people maybe realize. And then towards the end, the, the, to bookend it with the win over Old Dominion. From your, from your team perspective, could you tell – a difference between the team that took the field against Prairie View A&M and the team that, that ended up finishing that game with Old Dominion? Yeah, it was it was almost like two seasons in one. Mm-hmm. Like, it, just because, you know, you start out, and at that point in game one, very few freshmen are ready to play college football. And just throughout the fact that we had 13 games and we had those three months, they kept growing and they kept earning opportunities to do more. And then we didn't find out that Juma uh, was going to start against Old Dominion until Friday. You know, uh, Is that right? I don't think I knew that. So he was taking scout team reps on Monday and Tuesday. He was going to oh have his role in the package. On Thanksgiving Day, Aston Walter gets food poisoning. And so then we find out Juma's going to start. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, he's proven to us he's ready. He's scored a touchdown in Tiger Stadium. Like, this mm-hmm. dude's ready. But, you know, they're still like, okay, first start, let's go. And, uh, but, of course, then he's conference player of the week and rushes for 224 yards. So what a way to come into your first start. Um, we're talking with Mike Bloomgren, the head coach of the Rice Owls here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Um, this is a, a team that, that last year, it seemed like everyone kind of took turns showing you something. You know, there were moments where your quarterback, Wiley, you know, Wiley Green, looked really, really good. There were moments when your offensive line really put it together a couple, couple times. Uh, the defense would show out a couple of times. Um, how do you get it so that all of them can fire on the uh, uh, fire on the all cylinders at the same time? Because it seems like that's kind of it seems like you've got all these pieces that that could be really good. So important, just a matter of getting them all pulling going off at the same time. Sure, I'm hoping you're going to have an article in your magazine that I can read and it will teach us how to do that. That's what I'd love to to get out. Hey of you Max, guys. can you write that down for the for the budget? No, okay. Um, uh, we'll we'll no, work on that. The big deal for us is really just getting us to be better versions of ourselves every day. Mm-hmm. And really, this thing is going to come together. And we just have to worry about our 111th. I think that was part of our problem. And it was certainly part of our problem this spring. You talk about Wiley and being a DFW product. Mm-hmm. And 
Wiley Green started four or three games, four played in four last year, still able to redshirt him, which was beautiful. He comes into spring ball, and, you know, he's doing a great job. He's preparing and living a quarterback lifestyle the way we want. He's leading the right way. But still, like, he wants to do more on the field from a production standpoint. I think so much of that was anytime the offense was struggling this spring, he was like, oh, my gosh, let me fit a ball in that I shouldn't. Mm. And, and just pressing, we got to relax and do our job, and this thing will come together. We've got unbelievable coordinators in all three phases. we got great schemes, and they're unbelievable teachers. we got to get trust in each other, trust in ourselves probably first, and then it will come together. Um, as far as the spring is concerned, this is you know your second spring, but really kind of – first and a half spring can you you know you've you've been very um adamant about uh the the intellectual brutality you've got a theme you've got something you you want to hammer home do you get the feeling that now you know a year and a half in that you've got these guys buying in on that 100 percent. yeah i mean spring was physical i mean that's Mm. that's the thing i could take away every day that we were allowed to tackle you walked out of there being like wow that was some carnage today and you saw some defensive players stepping up. You saw some offensive line guys really trying to take pride in moving a man from point A to point B against his will. I mean, the things that we talk about, we're starting to see. And that's so exciting to me. Uh, and I also believe that the grad transfers we're bringing in fit the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Wiley Green in, in the redshirt rule. That, that's something, obviously, that, that uh, every coach in, in the nation can, can take advantage of. Uh, for y'all, especially with, with the program in the build that it is right now, um, is is it safe to say that that was just a huge, a, a big, a big advantage for you, a big boon for you to be able to to get these kids this thing while still keeping a year of eligibility? A hundred percent. And you know, some of the conversations were tough. Uh, some of the conversations with the kids because they're competitors. They're like, no, no, coach, I think I've earned this, and you told me it's a meritocracy. And I'm like, yeah, I'd have to talk them through it. This is where we are mm-hmm. as a football team, and it's not worth me getting one more game out of you when I can get one more year out of you when we're fighting for conference championships down the road. Do you feel like they they like after that because I, I imagine that's a tough conversation because these you know they didn't they didn't come to rice to to sit on the bench you know they came to rice to to play and to, to hit and to 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 win um for you it, are are those difficult conversations but and do you feel like by the end of it you've kind of given them kind of the bigger picture of it absolutely and and again i think it takes a lot of emotional maturity to step away from that conversation and be like yes coach is right or the staff is right and once again it goes back to that word trust because mm-hmm. they have to trust us. They have to understand that we have their best interest and the best interest of the program at the forefront. And that's something I tell them all the time. Look, every decision I make is, is it better for Rice football and is it better for you? And, and that's what we try to be our guide. Um, the Let's go back in time because we, we had you on the show about, boy, I guess when you got hired. So back in, boy, a year and a half ago. Time yes, flies. sir. Um, let's go back in time. And you can go and you can tell Mike Bloomgren something, one thing, then that you know now. What what, what would it be? It's okay. This is a hard hitting journalist show. I don't know if I can show. do one thing. Uh, <laughs> is there or a, a variety of things? Yeah, I mean, if I could write a letter to me, I mean, there, <laughs> there's just things that I would just encourage myself to stay positive and know mm. that if we can stay positive and work, it's the best we can do for the kids and the way we're going to come out the other side. And it's not always going to be easy. It's not often going to be easy. Uh, but we're doing the right things. We're building it the right way with the right people, and it's going to be sustainable. And, like, just to have faith in that. That's what I came out of last year with, even though even at times when it was so tough, I, I really came out with a firmer belief than I ever had that when we get this thing flipped and when we're going to bowl games, it's very sustainable here. 
And I can see that in the recruiting we're doing. I can see that in the class we signed the first year that we were able to put together because of the way the coaches worked their butts off to the one we signed this year, to bringing in numbers, just getting our roster size up to numbers that people said you couldn't do at Rice. Mm. And then, you know, right now we've got seven commits. And if you believe those websites, we're number one in Conference USA, and I think 37 in the nation. So uh, I, I want to get back to recruiting here in, in, in a second. But, but one thing that I think is, you know, you mentioned something about, about staying positive. And, and um, you know, we mentioned the bookend season. There was a middle of that, you know, 11 losses in a row. And that's I know for you talk to any coaches, losing sucks. Nobody likes doing it. No question. Were there were there dark times last year? Yeah, but again, like when you have the right people in the building, mm-hmm. you can get through. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know I don't know how some people do it. Like when I hear like their their support at home's not great. My wife and kids, I mean, what they go through, you know, and they tried to put on a smiling face. And, and if they were willing to do it, certainly I can cowboy up and go into work and do it for our staff and our kids. But the same thing is, like, I knew we had to get the football right in year one. So I couldn't go in there, even though the kids were hurting, and I couldn't always be a shining light. I still had to teach, and I still had to show them what the expectation was. And anytime they weren't living up to our standard, we had to point it out. And it's really, I think, for some of these kids, the first time they've been held accountable, especially in the team setting. And it was hard for them. They had to learn me, and they had to learn how to deal with that criticism. And uh, so, again, a lot of growth. But uh, real appreciative for the people we have in the building. You had the uh, a recruiting class in in 2019, uh, solid recruiting class. Couple couple headliners that you know. I'm I'm. For example, I think Juwan King's a star. That's my that's my personal opinion. I'll, I'll be out there and I think he's I think he's a star. I'll I'll go out there on on, on a limb and say that. I'll sign off on that with you. Okay, there you go. Um, overall, when you when you kind of take a look at this 2019 class, um. How, how are you feeling about what you guys were able to put together in your first full season? Of a yeah, brand? I just think our guys did such an unbelievable job really getting our brand out there, making people aware of what we could do for these kids on and off the field, making them understand that they're going to be a student athlete. And more than that, they get to be a student athlete at mm-hmm. our place. They get to major in whatever the heck they want. Uh, dream big. Let's go. And, um, and sold them. And we win with families when we get them on, on campus first. Like mamas are pretty in pretty quickly. <laughs> So it's really getting the kid to realize that, yeah, we can get this thing flipped. Because just like you talk about, as hard as it is for coaches, nobody wants to willingly sign up for something that's hard. And, you know, and if they do, they're probably the right character. And that's mm-hmm. what we did. We talked to them very candidly. We're going to be a meritocracy. If you earn the right to play, it doesn't matter what year you are, you will play. And on top of that, like, this is going to take a lot of work to get it to where we want. So I like, know that coming in. This is not a country club. There's no chill here. We are going to work our butts off. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you balance that with the academic rigors? I think I think that's kind of the elephant in the room about Rice is you guys. It, it is such a, a terrific academic institution that there are plain and simple a lot of recruits that can't meet those standards. So how do you balance that is in your recruiting? To go out there and get the players that are that, that you think can help you win on the football field, while also making sure that you're not out there wasting your time on a kid who's who's not going to be able to qualify. Yeah, I think number one, I think it's two parts. Number mm-hmm. one, when you talk about having them on campus, the admissions process does such a good job making sure they're ready for the rigor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really does. And so whether it was at Stanford or here, you have kids that have jumped the extra hoops that really do care about both. So you've got guys that again will put in the time. Now in the recruiting process, there are. 365 days in a year, there's going to be 20 bad days where you find out that, you know what, we can't recruit this guy anymore. He made a bad grade or the test score is not trending the right way. 
But the other 340 days, we get to work with the best student athletes in the world, the ones that are self-starters, the ones that are motivated, the ones that are great teammates. So it's worth it for me and the staff. But again, there, there are those challenges that I think if you look at them as challenges too long, you get sucked in. You have to look at them as advantages. We can get in a conversation with people that love academics mm-hmm. and it's been something that's important to them and they want to do the best of both worlds, right? I mean, there's five schools in America where you can play big time college football and get a world-class degree. Stanford, Northwestern, Rice, Vanderbilt, and Duke. Mm-hmm. You can go to the Ivies and get a world-class education. Not playing FBS though. Not playing FBS. Or you can go to, in many cases, the university of said state and you can major in football. And, you know, and, and that's just the reality. So there's not many places you can do both, and we're proud to offer that to kids. It's Mike Bloomgren of Rice here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF today. What, one more question about the um, recruiting class that you just signed. is, is I, I think you look up and down this, this – this, uh, it's got a very – I think I sense an identity in, in your recruiting class. Uh, you sign a lot of linebackers, and you sign a lot of offensive linemen. Uh, the, the, it seems to me that when you, when, when you couple that with the intellectual brutality type thing, we're just going to hit the snot out of people, right? That's, that is absolutely it. Be the team nobody wants to play. Yeah. Is there is there somebody in this recruiting class? I mentioned Juwan King because he was the first guy that kind of popped off the page to me because I, I think – like I said, I thought he was a star for the Rabbits out there in Atlanta. Is there is there a guy, a freshman in, the, in this class that you're particularly really fired up about? You know, when I first walked in, the state championship game was on, and uh, with North Shore and Duncanville, mm-hmm. and so the fact it's that just on, got, we just have it on loop. It's, yeah, well, that's a great game. Yeah. Holy cow! Wow, as a football fan, wow. Uh, but you know, DeBraylen Carroll was pretty dominant in that game, mm-hmm. and if you talk to coaches all over the state, and if you watch his film, his get off, his explosion, I mean, we got to be excited about bringing guys like that in. The offensive linemen in this class are. I think have a chance to be special. They definitely have intellectual brutality like seeping out of their body every time you watch their film or talk to them. They love it. Love this game. I mean, Isaiah Floyd from this area, Reagan Riddle from this area. Like, there's just a lot of us in that class. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the grad transfers we're bringing in and the fact that we're bringing in seven of them, uh, you know, including two that I coached at Stanford. And I know those guys. I know what those guys are all about. And the fullback started for us at Stanford. He will eat your face off. And so I freaking love those dudes. How does how does how do you manage that too? Because that's a kind of a brave new world too. Is is the grad is the grad transfers and just kind of the transfers in general? Um, how do I want to put this in a way that's not? Are you just out there shopping? Are you you know it, are are you constant like you know we we know that rec- that recruiting is a year round thing. Is that just another element that you're that you're kind of looking at the the so called waiver wire as well? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, always be recruiting is definitely a thing that we mm-hmm. all know, it, and it's the lifeblood of our program. It's certainly how you're going to uh, increase the talent level when you talk about the ceiling and move the floor, which are two things that we've said as a staff we have to do. we got to bring the floor of this program up talent-wise. So you're always recruiting, but when you talk about the grad transfer stuff, we have a great recruiting department right now. we got three guys in there full-time. we got four interns, and they're always seeing what's new and presenting it to coaches. But we obviously know our needs, and some of it is inspired by what we lose grad transfer-wise from our own program or when somebody medically retires. I mean, those are things like you'd love to plug in a football player that's played four years of college football. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are wins for us. But when there's the personal relationship, like the two kids at Stanford, for me and uh, one of our offensive linemen was coached by our offensive coordinator at his former school. Like those things mean a lot when those kids reach out and say, "Hey, coach, I might want to play for you again." One last question on recruiting, and I mentioned that I, that I might ask you about this, but um, I, I know the Texas High School Coaches Association has a really big push right now for what they call straight line recruiting, whereas 
if you want to recruit uh, to Braylon Carroll, you're going to the Duncanville staff, and you're and and that is your conduit to get to the kid, and and, and kind of keeping. Um, outside influences out of uh, the recruiting process. I'm interested from, from an FBS coach perspective, uh, your thoughts on, on, on the straight line recruiting uh, kind of idea. Yeah, I think straight line recruiting is the only way we want to go as a staff. We mm -hmm. talk about it all the time. I think Coach Martin and Coach West have done an unbelievable job getting that out and making sure the coaches, the high school coaches, want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And so, again, you have complete co cooperation in this state from the high school coaches. I think the players understand how this message should go and that their high school coach should be a part of it. And our staffs understand it. And our coaches, not only do they understand it, they appreciate it. And I can speak from a different vantage point than many people because mm -hmm. I probably recruited 40 or 45 states in the, in the nation. And there's nothing like recruiting in Texas. There's nothing like getting the cooperation from the coach, getting the communication from the coaches here. And then you also know what you're getting. You're going to get a kid that's been pushed, that's been developed, that understands our game because they are the best coaches in the nation. So let's look forward to 2019. Um, all you got to do is open with a, an 11 win army team in on the road. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the, I think there's a lot of question about uh, quarterback is a, is, a, is a position that everybody wants to talk about. You seems like you have options there. Uh, we, we mentioned Wiley green, but you've got a number of other really talented quarterbacks on, on campus. Uh, how, how, where is your, uh, where's your head at on the quarterback position right now? Yeah, so it's kind of like what I mentioned to you about Wiley, like mm -hmm. how he handled himself in spring, and he really came in as the incumbent and you know performed uh, off the field that way. He wasn't as productive on the field as we wished, but I think, again, that's stuff that he's going to continue to work through. We also are bringing in two great newcomers. We're mm -hmm. bringing in a kid from Arkansas named Giovanni Johnson, who is an unbelievable athlete, a true dual-threat guy that maybe some of the gun run stuff we choose to do with him, but he can also – he has a howitzer for an arm. Mm -hmm. And then we're bringing in a kid, another kid from Dallas, um, grad transfer from Harvard, Tom Stewart, who took over, I think, in the third game for Harvard last year and ended up being their MVP mm -hmm. and did a great job uh, running their program. How much does Cowboy Wednesday give Wiley Green an advantage? For those who don't know um, – Wiley Green is trying to institute, uh, I believe, what's called Cowboy Wednesday, where you're wearing cowboy hats and things like that. Have you noticed this around your program? I am not in tune to that. Right really? I will get, oh, we're breaking I will news get here. Information about this situation. Well, I, I got it. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm reading our preview for the magazine coming up here, and apparently, he's trying. He and uh, Clay Servin and Cole Garcia are trying to get Cowboy Wednesday going, where we're wearing cowboy hats on Wednesday. Which I got to tell you, for a guy from Capel and Plano, seems kind of kind of weird. There there are guys on on campus that I think would be maybe more in tune to, to wearing the the cowboy hat. Do you own a cowboy hat? I do. Yeah. Okay. Houston Livestock Show on Rodeo, baby. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a man, that's a man who knows his audience. Um, okay, I'm glad I broke this this news to you. That, but I probably play. So in addition to some of my other tasks as a head coach, yes. I'm also the DJ often at practice. Are you really? And so I probably play more country music on Wednesdays. Thursdays is always throwback, and I'm going to get our 90s groove songs playing as mm. well, which the guys are kind of hit or miss on whether they like them. Give me an example of on a, when we're talking 90s throwback Thursday. Oh, I mean, you know, it could be anything from Jodeci to Shy. I mean, we're going to go wow. back. Yeah, we're going to go back. And, I mean, oh. occasionally you'll play uh, Pony by Genuine, you know, <gasps> things like that from the college days, from my college days. And Max. So again, I'm trying to educate these guys. Max, this is, this is going as well as I was hoping it was going to go. 
Um, it's Mike Bloomgren from Rice. Um, the uh, you know the, the offense is 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 gets a lot of headlines. The defense, uh, when you look at what you guys bring back and 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 beyond that, you mentioned kind of grad transfers. Uh, I know that uh, that that you guys are going to have some guys stepping in from from the grad transfer market and and, and step up there. From your defensive perspective, um, is there is there a position on that team that you 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 guys feel really good about right now? Yeah, there is. Uh, I think it's two surprise positions because we came out of spring last year and we were like, gosh, we are poor at linebacker. Mm-hmm. We've got to get this fixed. And we had one guy join us uh, that offseason who was a junior college transfer with three to play. His name was Blaze Aldridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I would tell you right now is he is playing at as high of a level as anybody we played in Conference USA last year. Uh, and I think his, his ceiling is really, really high. So I really have to take my hat off to Scott Vestal with how he's – grown that group through recruiting and development in the last year I think he's done a heck of a job and then also our D-line everybody said oh man what is Rice going to do are they going to be able to line up and play they may as well play seven on seven next year and I think that our D-line had an unbelievable spring I think coach Calhoun's doing a great job with them and and I think not only are we good from a production standpoint with our starters I think we've got some depth that's going to surprise people so I'm excited Um, you look at Conference USA um, it's a it's a I think a, a, a conference that is getting better, I think getting deeper and, and, and stronger. I'm, I'm interested kind of from your perspective when you take a look at the conference uh, and especially your division as a whole, uh, what you feel like you're up against coming up this year. Yeah, you know, I think you got some of the guys in, in the West, as you talk about, that have really been there for the last three or four years in North Texas. Obviously, mm-hmm. Seth's doing a great job up there. I think Skip Holtz does a wonderful job at La Tech. And then last year, UAB was a dominant football team. You know, they had 38 seniors and they played like it. And, um, you know, I looked at their defense and the length they had. I think their outside linebackers were 6'8", 6'7", 6'7". Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's not real normal for our conference. You know, that looked more like a Pac-12 defense. I was used to playing up at, at Oregon. But, again, most of those guys graduated. I'm sure Bill Clark will do a great job reloading. But I do think that as you look around the conference, there's more depth uh, across the board. Mm-hmm. And there's some good coaches that are getting a lot out of their players. Um, you guys ease into the season. Uh, real n- easy non-conference. Uh, Army, who's an 11-win team a year ago, and then you know Wake, an ACC team, um, Texas, it looks like, and then Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to do that, right? Uh, that's the schedule they gave us. We have to do it, <laughs> and, and we're going to do it, and we're excited to do it. Quite yeah. frankly, like we recruit to those opportunities to play an LSU, to play a Texas, yeah. like we recruit to those. Mm-hmm. That's oh, I, I, I imagine. Um, is there uh, now that you've kind of been through? Um, uh, a season there at, at at Rice. How do we get? How do we get Rice fans fired up for this team? Because to me, I you know I watch I watch a lot of your games this past year, and it seems like you guys are a, you guys are playing a fun brand of football that people may not know about it. Um, how do we how do we get Rice fans fired up? Get Rice fans out to to, to these games to, to make sure that you guys are playing in front of a, a rowdy crowd there. And what's a really cool stadium at Rice Stadium? Yeah, I think I mean obviously they want to see wins, and mm-hmm. so do we, and and that's going to be the big deal. Now I think just looking at that schedule you talked about, going up to West Point, but then coming home and having Baylor in our stadium, Wake in our stadium, mm-hmm. and then playing Texas right at, at NRG, you know mm-hmm. where the Houston Texas play. Is going to be really fun for our fans, and then again, every opportunity they get to see this play, this team play, I hope they're going to come to see the growth and what these guys do, and to see the way these guys are fighting. I mean, right now we're ending every special teams, every every one of Drew Sabota's special teams meeting with Rice fight never dies, mm-hmm. and I want them to come as fans and believe that, 
and see that our team is bought into that. Uh, you mentioned Coach Svoboda. I had for I had for a moment forgotten he was on the staff. What um, obviously a longtime Texas high school football coach and, and a, a great coach in his own right. What has he brought to your staff? Oh, everything. You know, last year I was so fortunate to have three head coaches on my staff, guys that sat in that chair and, and they were able to help me. And really, you know, the old adage about a, a one of those scary movies, you know, you always like see that girl about to go around the corner. You're like, no, don't go. Uh, and she always does. But they were able to stop me from going uh, in a lot of cases. So it was awesome. And, and Drew has is, is become a close friend, somebody I trust with everything. And uh, so when the special teams coordinator job opened, I asked him. And the first conversation was, I really want to keep coaching offense. And so I gave him a little time and I asked him again. He said, you know what? It's a chance to help our culture get in the blood of everybody on this team and to touch every kid on this team. And he said, Coach, I'll do it. And it just it, it was absolutely the right move for Rice football and for me. Uh, another guy on your staff, he's, he, not just because he's sitting in here, but, I mean, I think, I think people may not realize that you have a very famous New Braunfels High School quarterback on your staff. Um, and I think people know who I'm talking about when I say that. <laughs> Uh, they're talking about John Simmons, your your football chief of staff. I would say the most notable quarterback to come out of New Braunfels mm-hmm. High School. Yeah, no, it's no, like one no, A and one B with him in Kingsbury. Yeah, right, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, I guess. Oh boy, that's embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, he went to there as, as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen a football chief of staff position though. You know what? He's a guy that was <laughs> on the staff when I got there, uh-huh. and. From the first day I arrived, he provided tremendous value. He earned my trust, and he really uh, helped me out <laughs> with everything. I mean, he was a guy that we had just hired two coordinators. We were retaining one coach and John, and he would be in there in recruiting meetings till 2.30, 3 in the morning, and just talk us through everything he knew about everybody. He just provided so much value in everything in our life, and it reached a point where it was like, dude, like you are not doing whatever your title says. Mm-hmm. I need you to do more. <laughs> I need you to do to, and to be recognized for what he's doing, quite frankly. He does so much in our program. Uh, finally, it's Mike Bloomgren with, with Rice joining us here on Texas Football Today. You've been in Houston now for a little over a year. Um, you got to eat somewhere. Do you, do you have... Best part of the show right Best here. part of the show. This yeah. is essentially a food show. All, uh, this is a food show kind of hidden as a, as a, as a football show. There a, there a place that you've you've kind of uh, be, that's become the, the the Mike Bloomgren go-to place? Give some free advertising to some. <laughs> yeah, so there's a couple. I mean, that's what I say all the time. Like when we talk about Houston, like I love the people, I love the barbecue, and I love Bucky's. Okay, so oh, I mean, it's like this is a win. Man, but uh, in terms of a restaurant, our, our agent came in town two weeks ago and, mm-hmm. and asked my wife, "Where do you want to go?" And she said, "Tony's." which is this legendary Italian restaurant in Houston. We just think it is as good as you can do. And uh, the service is unbelievable. There, Steak 48. Look, I like to eat. I can probably name these. For, <laughs> you don't have enough time. So uh, all the places we've been are excellent. We've got great relationships with some of them, but those are two that stand out to me. Um, well, that's good because the coaching, a THSCA coaching school is in Houston this year. And so we, we've got a couple of places we oh, yeah. like, but yeah. we're, always, we're always looking for, for expert opinions. Um, Coach Bloomgren, really appreciate you coming by. This was a lot of fun. I hope I hope I hope you don't feel like you've been personally attacked. No, love it. <laughs> Great day. Uh, and we will get to the we'll get back to the archives here in a while. I do have one more thing that we have to do because we've done this dumb internet show for four hundred seven hundred fifty six <laughs> times, and we've ended seven hundred fifty five of them so far. About to be some fifty six. This is Vince Young's two thousand one Player of the Year trophy that he has never come and gotten, and so we <laughs> ask him at the end of every show. 
to come get his player of the year trophy. Would you mind doing the honors here at the end? Oh, I got okay. this. Let me do this. I will get the outro, and then I'll point to you. You can do it. That's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at textfootball.com. Thanks again to Coach Mike Bloomgren of Rice for being our guest. For Max Thompson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince, you earned this. Come get it, man. Your hardware. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.